Hi, I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Val. And we're here to talk about... The Sopranos. Yep, that is what we're here to talk about. As usual. The Strong Silent Type. The Strong Silent Type, Season 4, Episode 10. Yeah. We, uh... We talk about Sopranos. Yeah. After we watch it. Yeah. And we decided it would be a good idea to record ourselves talking about it. Yeah. Which is questionable. Well... I mean, I don't know. So you're just, I mean, we would do it anyways, but you're just part of our strange conversation. Yeah. So if you're listening to this Mm -hmm. and you think we have any intelligent ideas, then write to us and let us know what you think. Yeah. Amazingly, you won't be the first. Some others have emailed us and we appreciate (laughs) it. It's great. Yeah. We just, you know, again, this is just our conversation, our thoughts directly after watching an episode. So yeah. Take what you will from it. Yeah. But we like to think about what's going on kind of underneath the surface. This show has so much metaphorical value and so much symbolism. I think that's kind of where our focus is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of with a little the magic bit of, of like show. psychology on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Side psychology. Yeah. Side dish. So this is an episode that has a lot of both of those things. It is. I think. We definitely have a lot of the main messages of Sopranos coming through in some of these conversations. That people Which are main having. messages? There's a lot of them. Can I talk about my points that I was going to say? I would before? love for you to and talk I'll about your delve, points that you were going to say. I'll delve before. more into those in a second. You got it. Cool. <laughs> I'm just summarizing okay. the things I want to talk about. Yep. So, the messages, larger messages of the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. We have a really good insight into some of the psychology of the characters because we're kind of in this like therapeutic or anti-therapeutic state throughout this whole episode. So I think that's important. Yeah. We have a lot of color stuff going on, which I know is your favorite thing to talk about. Mm. I it was. I feel like I'm past my color you're, prime. You're past it. Well, it's more of like a season one, season two. Oh, interesting. Obsession I of mine. I think just last episode you were talking about. Well, it, it does come back. Mm-hmm. I can't avoid it. I think it. there's something about the color green here. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. And I think those are kind of my three main things I want to hit this episode. Okay. What about you? Well, I want to follow your train of thought. I love it. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start? No, you go ahead. What are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I think there's a lot of focus on what the title puts out there, the strong mm-hmm. silent type. Who is a strong silent type? What does that mean? And what does that leave you with? I think that this episode leaves us with characters that are very alone. I think almost all of our main characters, be it Tony, be it Furio, be Carmela with the note that she leaves, be it mm-hmm. Polly with his picture, yeah. be it Christopher. Uh, Benny, who I just learned his name. <laughs> yeah, we just learned his name. Be it Christopher in rehab, be it Adriana. I feel like all these characters... Patsy in a motel. Yeah, these people don't have true human connection. Mm. And I think that they are chasing something that is leaving them rather alone. Mm. And I think that that is really where we're left off at the end of this episode. And it's somewhat tragic. Right. So if if they don't have human connection, I feel like that kind of ties into this animal connection that we see really Mm -hmm. strongly here. Yes. Right? So like in terms of, you asked me earlier, what are some of the main messages that I was going to talk about? That is certainly one of them, right? So we have a lot of reflections on particularly Tony's relationship with animals, 
including insight into his therapy session, which focused a lot on Pyomai mm-hmm. and the ducks and other animals. Yeah. We have him during Christopher's intervention having like a huge breakdown over Cosette. Yeah. Which maybe we'll talk about later. Yeah. But now we don't need to make weird allusions to Cosette like we have been all season. All season. Every time I see her. And like you don't see her, I don't think, before season four. Yeah. And if you've seen this show before, you just know what's coming. No, I think maybe anyway, yeah. So Well it's been hard for me to stay away from talking about Cosette. Listen, we're pretty good with like characters. Mm -hmm. We're trying not to give spoilers. (laughs) Cosette, you know. It's bad. But it's another animal relationship, right? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Adriana has something in Cosette that's obviously very important to her and a bit of a breaking point in her relationship with Chris. Yeah. So it really starts to fall apart at that moment, which is interesting when things are really falling apart for Tony based on Pyomai's death. Yeah, and then we have characters who don't have that, right? We have Chris who sits on Cosette. He doesn't give a fuck. No, he doesn't. Even after the dog is dead. We have... He says um, that Cosette crawled underneath him. Right. <laughs> we have um, Benny and Lil Polly who are burning the portrait of mm-hmm. Pyomai. Yeah. And we have Polly coming to rescue that portrait. And interestingly, Polly sees something in that portrait that he wants. He states that it is worth 25, 30 Gs, yeah. which is incorrect. Not, and we've and actually we, seen how we much know it how cost. 5,000 or 6,000? Something I think. like that. Something it was like not that. 25 or 30. Yeah. But also, it's interesting because when Polly is hanging it up on his wall, it's actually framed in a way where he's standing directly in front of Tony. So all we see is Polly and the horse. Yeah. So there's a relationship between Polly and the animal as well. There's something that he's attracted to there that's interesting and in a kind of subtle way is suggested through the way that that shot is framed in his yeah. house when he's putting it up. Yeah. No, and obviously absolutely. he's bothered by Tony by having Tony in his home kind of watching him. Again, there's this focus on eyes, mm-hmm. which we've sort of seen before mm-hmm. between Junior and Pyomai even. Mm-hmm. But there's this kind of presence that exists in his home that makes him feel uncomfortable that Tony is watching yeah. him. Yeah. So, and we have other kinds of like references to animals in this episode. So for example, like in the opening scene where Christopher's getting high and watching, I think it's the Little Rascals. Bigfoot? The Bigfoot kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's Little Rascals. <laughs> okay. uh, and it's supposed to be a bear. I think that's what they say. Oh, okay. They're they're like the bear is coming. Yeah. Like um but we so we have this kind of like weird animal attack going on in that part of the show, which is interesting. But then at the very end when Cosette like after Chris sits on Cosette, the last thing we hear before that scene shifts is like tweeting birds. Kind of like the sounds you hear like in a cartoon where someone gets knocked out mm. and they have birds like tweeting around their head do you know what I mean like that was like a really similar sound effect I think also like so I I said I was going to talk about colors as well I think there is something with this color green and maybe it links into you know what we've talked about before in terms of like seeing greenery behind characters or seeing this kind of like like elements that are larger than these characters. And I think that there is something for some of these characters that's larger than their relationships, or at least how they interpret their relationships with people. Like Mm -hmm. we hear Melfi say about 
so sorry the green so a lot of like Carmela's wearing green there, there was a lot of green last episode I just I've been seeing green there's this green lava lamp like it's really it's coming even up even around Pyomai I think there was a lot the, the, stables, the were stables were overwhelmingly green. green yeah there's there has been a lot this season particularly in the last four episodes yeah or so. so I've just been kind of paying attention to that again I, I can't quite like I can't identify really what it's symbolizing beyond kind of just drawing some connections between the different things that we've thought about before. But we, I don't know, we, we have characters who are interacting with animals in different ways. I think the scene with Tony in his therapy session with Melfi, when they're actually delving into it, right? She's, she says to him, the only time you've shown grief has been around animals, right? And mm-hmm. she talks about this stuff with Piamai. We weirdly see him crying and then suddenly not crying in the next shot, which is really interesting. Right. But um, he's talking about Piomai and he's crying. And she's like, the only other time I've seen you be this upset or mm-hmm. whatever it is she says is with the ducks. And you were worried about something bad yeah. happening to your family. Yeah. So, again, I, I wish I was better at defining what exactly that is or what that means yeah but there definitely is something to do with animals and i and i was also going back obviously and and, but no i was going back to also in this episode we deal a lot with like european culture versus american culture and i feel like there is a difference in how we in north america treat pets as opposed Mm -hmm. to other places in the world that i've lived or visited Mm -hmm. and there is this kind of difference between wildness or like mm. like animals living naturally yeah. versus kind of domestication. So I was trying to mm. see if I could tie that into, but again, we just finished watching the episode. Yeah. So my brain hasn't had a ton of time to yeah. solidify. But that was the other kind of tie into that that I was thinking mm-hmm. of. Well, there's a couple interesting things. Like, Pyomai is obviously very important to Tony, and it really does set him off in a way that people haven't. And he talks about, in Melfi's appointment, how he feels like this sad clown. And yet, Melfi kind of calls bullshit on that and Mm -hmm. says, well, you know, you really haven't been depressed. It's been more a response of rage over sadness. And it's interesting because this grief over Pyomai actually reflects in the psychology in the therapy sessions, more his extreme, you know, grief and being upset over ducks and and other animals. And also the thing that's really interesting for me in this one is that we just have Tony coming out of dealing with Piomai's death with rage by killing Ralphie. Mm -hmm. And now we have him saying to Christopher, right after you killed little Cosette, I ought to suffocate you. Which is something that he actually says twice, which is obviously what he does to Ralph in the last episode. So there's something where the manifestation of Tony's feelings of these things happening to the animals that he cares about is taken out through rage on the people around him. Totally. So he's actually dealing with Chris in a very different way before he finds out about Cosette. So it's a very personal thing for him, and he does deal with it through rage and anger, even though he's presenting it to Melfi as a being in a state of grief and being in a state of being sad but putting on a happy face but the reality is that he never really puts on a happy face no except when he's like creepily angry and smiling right which is scary right (laughs) but he talks about here like he he gets so upset right like he's like i'm gonna suffocate you whatever 
And then he's like, I just know what it's like to lose a pet. Right. And so for him, that's the egregious kind of like sin that's being um, whatever that's being done here is that Chris killed Cosette. It like turns into this different thing for him. Whereas for Chris, it still remains. And it's referenced in this episode where Tony's kind of like trying to talk some sense into him. Chris's focus still on the fact that Tony gave him the name of the cop that maybe killed his dad. Right. And that's Chris. That's Chris's focus. Tony has these kind of larger ideas at play, right? So yeah. again, there's kind of this difference between how those two characters process, yeah, re- relationships and process kind of like the world around them. Well, and their relationship is so strong. We do know that Tony probably would have killed anybody else other than Chris in this position. Yeah, and we know that they have this special relationship where Christopher is kind of safe, and yet he is getting these kind of tough values from Tony. Mm -hmm. And Chris is also linked to Tony in a really interesting way where he's kind of saying fuck you to everybody. And he's kind of in a position where he's incapable of acting like a professional in his environment, like a like a partner to Adriana. Mm -hmm. He's kind of crossed a line where he's not really able to function. And he doesn't really care about this intervention. And yet we see when he sees everyone, he's kind of like, fuck this. But then when Tony tells him to stay, yeah. that's when he stays. Yep. So Tony does still yield wield power over him, and Chris is really only responsive to him. So there is this kind of power balance there and this relationship where Christopher is really indebted to Tony. And he does bring yep. up the thing with Barry Haidu, yeah. you know, regarding his father. And we do kind of get a feeling at the end that this is a bit of an ultimatum from Tony. Yeah. Where he's saying, this is it. Like, you have to change or else that's it. And at least where the episode is left, Christopher has listened and he is going to rehab where earlier in the episode he was punching Adriana over the same thing. Yeah. I think there's something there, though. Like, I forget. I wish I had written down exactly how Tony says it. But in that in that discussion where Chris brings like brings back up Barry Haydu. Yeah. Which thank you for remembering his name. Very important information. (laughs) Um, I think, like, I forget exactly how Tony says it, but I think, like, like Tony says something like, we've been through a lot together, yeah. right? And Chris immediately interprets that as about this Barry Haydu thing. Right. I think Tony's talking about the stuff with Ralphie. Mm-hmm. Or, and maybe... I mean, he could be talking about a lot of things. He could be talking about a lot of their things. Their minds are but, in different places. But I was wondering while I was watching this episode, like, we've definitely seen Chris's drug use ramp up in the past season. Yeah. But I wonder, like, I wonder if the writers are showing us that it's somehow worse now since that stuff with Ralphie. I can't quite, like, Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. It's definitely focused on in this episode. Yeah. But I I was just thinking about that, Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Um, That's interesting. It's definitely, like, you know, beating Adriana and killing Cosette is pretty... I mean, that is an interesting question. For Christopher, how much is it just the spiraling effects of mm-hmm. drug addiction mm-hmm. and getting into heroin, which we've seen the mm-hmm. slow process, and now it's kind of escalating at a quick rate. But we have to wonder how much of it is that, just the kind of spiral out of control, and how much is, what is he trying to escape? 
yeah. psychologically, why is he engaging with drug use? Yeah. What happened? Is it just a simple, it happened and it got out of control? Or is he trying to deal with something specific that we've yeah. seen? Well, he doesn't like, so that's where it kind of, for me, ties into the animal thing and to kind of go full circle on this. Like, Chris doesn't care about animals. No. We've never gotten a sense that he does. He tells Adrian, he, I'll get you another dog. He'll get, he'll get her another dog, yeah. He does care a lot about drugs. So, like, and we've talked a little bit about animals being this kind of, like, naivety or this, like, escape, this, like, taking yourself out of the situation you're in and kind of investing it in these things that are easier to have relationships mm-hmm. with, right? Like, animals don't talk back to you. Animals don't, I mean, they don't. You made a weird face. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys can't see my face, but apparently it I can. Weird. It looked weird. <laughs> like he thought that animals did talk back. No, I don't think that. Okay. <laughs> they like they always like a dog will always come you know running to you when you come home from work at night. Mm-hmm. Also, our cat will do that as well. But Christopher doesn't have that. He he's maybe one of the characters who's lacking the most in kind of real connection. Yeah. And they re- like although they really emphasize in this episode how like Adriana is still so like loving towards him even though he's being he killed her dog. Yeah. She still like has her arm around him and is like bringing well, him to therapy and abused her and punched her in the face. Yeah, a number of times. Um. So he, like, I feel like he, above many characters, has the most problematic relationship with other humans. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't. He really doesn't have that. Like, even when his this friend brings him home, right? He's like, "This is my friend," and Adriana's like, "What? Like, what are right. you talking about?" Right? Like, yeah. He he doesn't have that connection to other things. He really is isolated. And we've talked about how he's isolated before, like how he's isolated kind of in his age group, right? We see the only other guy who's in his age group, Benny. <laughs> Benny. Benny. <laughs> I've always wondered that guy's name. Right. And now I might remember it for next time we watch this episode. How old do you think little Polly is? He has gray hair. I know, but, you know. Christopher said he was going to get wings when he was taking over the crew. I know. I think <laughs> I think little Polly is older than Probably. Chris and Benny. Okay. That's my Very guess. important questions of The Sopranos. I, it really is. But so Christopher's relationship, and again, we, we've also seen, and this is really convoluted, but we've also seen horse as heroin mm-hmm. and horse as the animal being kind of overlapped in past episodes, right? Like yeah. we see horse coming up a lot. And also, I mean, this is, again, a bit of a stretch, but something that happens is Ralphie, the connection between the way he says horse and Poor. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, for me, there's something too with these relationships with animals we've talked about, and the men's relationship with women. Right. There are these kind of disposable, yep. non-two-way relationships yep. where it's this kind of domination, lack of sentimental attachment. This You're kind of... supposed to just be able to come home, and they're just there. Yeah. Like an animal. Yeah. Right. And like when Tony gets upset with Carmela for cutting her hair. Yeah. Or, We're supposed to talk about this, yeah. You know, or we hear that Rosalie had an affair. Wow. With Steve from the gym. Steve from the gym. And that that would be very much outside of what would be expected of her. Verse, but all these guys, and there's a reference to Syl, who Chris says it to him in that amazing intervention that they have. Yeah. He's like, you're out fucking every 
whore with your wife and kids at home or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, calls him out on that kind of yeah. behavior. Yeah. It's really, I don't know. Yeah. It's, there's, I think the overlap between drugs, women. Yeah. Animals. Yeah. That there is, that there really is something there, that kind of like trilogy. Totally. I, yeah, I think so. And even Valentina's appearance in this. Right. You know, who she is going was to introduced the at medallions the of veal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And always, I mean, she's always wearing the animal clothing. Yeah, yeah. Animal prints and, and yeah, and her, I mean, that's the only conversation they have. They're talking about Ralphie's son. And then she responds with, I think I'm going to have the medallions of veal. Like the relationship the green. is already kind of devolving into nothingness rather quickly. That's like the biggest nothing. Yeah. Um, one of the other, like, just, again, surrounding animals, is there... This... And also, the, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. also, like, the cruelty to animals through veal that's insinuated. Yeah, no, that. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, sorry. I, for me, that was, like, unspoken. Yeah. But, yes, the, <laughs> the medallions of veal. She gives zero fucks about animals. Seems it. I mean, I'm not judging anybody who's I mean, veal. Italians do like veal. Yeah. And, you know. I know. But, yeah. again, like, you can be so upset about one thing and then... Mm-hmm. something very similar and you're not upset about right. it, right? It's very hypocritical. It is just an interesting statement that the writers chose <laughs> Oh my to gosh. I, they, I mean, everything. The other scene that I think is really interesting in terms of animals is when um, Adriana is in the car with Agent San Severino mm-hmm. and she's asking, right. she's asking Aid all these questions. And then there's this car that pulls up. We focus in on this dog in the window. Agent San Severino notices it, Aid notices it, and starts to cry. And then the car backs up again. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of, like, popped into this scene and then went back. And when I was watching it, it was just – it. I was really highlighting that, like, how animals can kind of elicit this emotional response from people, right? So for Aid, just the appearance of this dog could bring back yeah. all these other feelings, right? It brings back this whole scenario that just happened with – her coming home and finding Cosette dead and Chris had sat on her, right? Yeah. And I, but I love how, I love how they just have it like come in and come out. Like it's not realistic. The car right. would continue to drive straight ahead, right? So it's just really like, it is this kind of like imagery that's kind of like popping in yeah. and disrupting our normal emotional behavior and then getting yeah. pulled away. So totally. I, I liked that scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We have some really hard scenes, I mean, to do with Chris's drug use in this episode, too. Oh, sorry. Before I say that, Mm -hmm. one other thing I wanted to point out was just in terms of the animal stuff. Carmela was wearing leather pants. Mm. So, again, kind of like the veal, medallions of veal. Right. Interesting. I missed that. Wearing leather pants with, like, a brightly colored shirt. Good one. Thanks. Thanks. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Christopher's drug use. So we have this amazing intervention. Yeah. That happens in this episode. Goes great. I think it goes pretty well. Like, we have Adriana talking about how Chris can't function as a man anymore. Right. We find out that, going back to animals, how the intervention leader was uh, caught stealing a bunch of, what was it, pork tenderloins? Yeah, that was, I, I didn't quite catch that one. There's also reference to, like, Tony eating too much. Christopher calls his own mom a whore. It's really, it's really something. It goes medium bad. Yeah, but it goes to this. So, like, the other part of this episode, I think, is this kind of, like, psychological or, like, um, 
I'll call it like psychiatric treatment kind of element of this show, right? Mm -hmm. Which we have gotten because of Melfi, right? She's the character that usually kind of gives us this insight. But we really see the differences between how people treat these kind of like hard emotions or grief or uh, addiction. And we see how different characters treat these things really differently. So, you know, even like, you know, the the messaging, how do I say it? Like the pamphlets that Adriana is receiving, right? They have these like trite kind of Mm -hmm. messages on them. We have, you know, this Dominic who's an addict running this intervention session with someone like Polly who clearly doesn't believe in this at all, right? He's like, he doesn't follow any of the rules of the intervention. He's not supposed yeah. to be blaming. He is blaming. So we have we have all these characters dealing with it in different ways. There's a great back-to-back shot of Furio crying, mm-hmm. right, after he, again, we'll talk about that relationship. It's still one that kind of irks me a little bit, but whatever. Um, we have him crying after going not going into the house to see Carmela. And then Tony being like, Tony hasn't even seen him since he got back from his dad's funeral and mm-hmm. fear is crying. And Tony's like, what's wrong with you? Like, well, interestingly, to Tony says it. you have to get over it. And then we have an immediate edit to well, Tony crying. So that's what I was just yeah. going to say. So we have yeah. this back to back scenes of Furio crying and that being unacceptable. Tony crying and that being acceptable. But he only does that when it's regarding animals. Yeah. And Melfi really, like, hits him over the head with a lot of stuff this episode, right? Yeah. She talks about things. She's like, you've caused a lot of grief yeah, or you've, sadness. Yeah, you've caused much suffering much yourself, suffering. haven't you? Thank and then you. Tony actually, the way James Gandolfini acts it, yeah. it seems like he acknowledges that, but then he immediately reverts to his typical behavior of passing it on to somebody else. And in this case, he passes it on to God. <laughs> he's right. like, what kind of God does this? So he's incapable of actually owning his actions. Yeah. Even though that's a rare moment where he does actually acknowledge that he has caused a lot of suffering himself. Yeah. Yeah. We also, we so we have Chris then, so we have this whole intervention. I'm just trying to think if there's anything that I wanted to say about the intervention. But we have these different, these different kind of like therapeutic environments right so we have the use of drugs right that's a a therapeutic technique it's not the best one but it is one we have this intervention we have tony in therapy we have carmela and rosalie um confiding in each other about these affairs right like they're really being very honest with each other um Carmela, you know, feels like she's real and she they can communicate. He looks at her like she's beautiful, right? So yeah. we have these kind of things. But then and then we have Chris checking into Eleutheria House, which in reading Soprano's autopsy, he says means freedom. Hmm. And so I was I, I was thinking about kind of the messaging that they're sending about um know about yeah like psychiatry as a field or like the field of addiction treatment as a as a field yeah and if the writers of this show do have enough faith in that that they would you know choose this word freedom or are they being sarcastic Mm -hmm. and it's really a trap right chris goes behind these like locked doors where you need a buzzer to get in and there seems to be something kind of i don't know if condescending is the right word towards the treatment but the 
the choice, like, they can't have any chocolate bars. And then right. the way that it's, like, repeated, right. almost like a mantra or something, by the receptionist who's reading her book and then says, no caffeine, yeah. there's something a little bit off-putting. Yeah. But there's things off-putting about all sorts of these treatments, right? Like, I love when Dominic, the intervention guy, is like, we like to refer to it as a carefrontation. <laughs> you know? And so you can feel these characters, like Polly in particular, like, mm-hmm. just rolling their eyes at this stuff, right? Yeah. Because it feels just, it's not the way they were brought up. It's not yeah. the way that they deal with things and I think that's what links back into the title of this episode like being the strong silent type that's what's really valued in in this uh, social situation but yet none of the characters really display that right like well the only character who displays that is Svetlana which we'll get to later Polly is not the strong silent type definitely not silent well he's he's just telling everything to everyone Tony is not the strong, silent type because he does go to therapy and he, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Like, people look down on him for that. Chris is not the strong, silent type either. You know, he, like, again, like... Zero. Well, his strength is called into question by by Polly, who says yeah, you're weak you're for weak. succumbing to drugs. Yeah, and again, like that's not my personal opinion, right. but but this is how these characters see this, right? So if you value this strong, silent type, then anything that falls outside of that is problematic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but they they fail to see their own selves in that as well. Yeah. Um, what about? Do you see anybody as a strong, silent type? I think like Furio is pretty strong and silent. Yeah. If I had to pick someone, and he's actually backing off of Carmela, and it seems like that actually well, is a decision be, like, that is hard str- for him. Th- he's being strong and silent. Like yeah. he's like exactly holding back his emotions, right, yeah. and like not letting her see that. Yeah. And he's not having like she talks about how they just can communicate so well, which again is like a little bit questionable, right, for me. <laughs> But whatever, if that's how she feels, that's how she feels. I don't know. But but he's also holding back on that aspect, right? Like, he's yeah. not saying things to her that he maybe, I guess, normally would have. There's also, it seems like there's something that's kind of pent up within Furio. I mean, when we see Carmela at his house, the way that scene is left is with the kettle boiling. Mm. And it's like getting to this kind of pressure cooker spot of boiling over. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of edit away. And there's some interesting things there, actually. When Carmela comes in, I mean, I can't resist, but the color thing. But she's wearing a light blue that's virtually identical to some mugs that he has Mm. up on a shelf, which connect something that he has in his domicile to Carmela coming in. Well, she kind of, like, matches it, Well, they match, like, almost perfectly. And it is a very specific light blue. But for me, there's something for Fury about putting it up on the shelf, like putting it Mm -hmm. away, kind of out Mm -hmm. of reach. Interesting. That's interesting, especially when... Their relationship largely revolves around coffee, pouring coffee for each other. Furio would come in and Carmela would make him a coffee. Carmela comes and Furio makes her a coffee. There's something there that is linking the two of them. Furio wants it in his house, but he's kind of putting it somewhat out of reach or at least away from his where he currently is. How is he going to make coffee with that kettle? Was he going to make Aeropress? I doubt Furio was going to make Aeropress. What was he going to do? With that boiling water. <sighs> That's a great question. You're right. He probably doesn't use the Stumptown method of boiling his water first before doing it mm. in a mocha pot, but mm. we're really getting off topic here. Mm. Uh, if anybody wants to talk about coffee, it was you can con- listen to 
our, my, our coffee podcast. <laughs> our coffee podcast. We don't have a coffee podcast, but, but we probably could if we wanted to. We, maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think you made. I think you made a good point there. I think the difference. So like we. So there's two relationships in this episode that are kind of related for me, and it's Tony and Svetlana and Carmela and Furio. We both have those characters like consuming something, like drinking something or trying to drink something. Mm-hmm. So I think it is kind of like coffee for Furio and Carmela, yeah. and it's like vodka or the red wine with right. ice cubes for Svetlana and Tony, but more the vodka right. for me. Carmela refers to the fact that Furio looks at her like she's beautiful. And then we really do see Tony, like we see him looking at Svetlana like she's beautiful. Well, right? he actually says to he her. He says that. Yeah. And you're beautiful. You look like a movie star. You don't talk much, do you? Don't you? Talk I wish much. I knew your secret, which is directly referring to the title. More so than anybody else, where we feel like nobody else is the strong silent type. No. Exactly. And at the end of the episode, Tony actually acknowledges it and says, You don't talk much, do you? And he respects her strength mm-hmm. and her ability to take control of her own destiny mm-hmm. to do this coding for her website so it is without a leg without a leg unbelievable and interestingly at the end Svetlana when we were talking about the isolation of characters she actually pushes Tony away she doesn't want a connection with him really no she's uninterested and she recognizes his you know fragility yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Also, it's interesting how Svetlana smokes cigarettes because typically when characters are smoking cigarettes, they're rather out of control. Mm. But there's kind of a strength that exudes from Svetlana in the way that she smokes. Tony even acknowledges it. The smoke around you, the shadows on your face. There is this almost like femme fatale noir kind of aspect to her. Femme but... fatale noir. That's like two <laughs> different things. No, femme fatales are in noir movies. It's like femme fatale and femme noir, I guess. No, I was thinking film noir. Mm, film noir, <laughs> that's right, yeah. Anyway, but there's there's something with Svetlana. She possesses that symbol of a cigarette very differently, mm-hmm. and I think that Tony is drawn to it because he's typically out of control when mm-hmm. we see him with a cigarette, and he sees Svetlana as very much in control and strong and silent, and there's something attractive about that for him. And there's something here about, like, being non-American so like when we see Furio coming back from Italy he lands on a on footage of a plane that wasn't filmed by this film team and he's <laughs> driving and he sees all these American flags on gas stations like it's so ugly yeah. and strip molly and and that and and he like and he is this strong silent type there we also have Svetlana, and she says a line, and again, I didn't write it down, but it was like something along the lines of like, oh, you guys always look to us for like inspiration or something. It's not quite, mm. I'm not quite hitting it on the yeah. head, but she's like, it's in that conversation. No, she says, where that's she's, what I'm here for, to inspire people Yeah, like you. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So for me, there is something like kind of that these characters are emulating that they can't quite grasp mm. as Americans or as themselves. I'm not sure exactly, but there is something that they're really trying to make clear in this episode about our like quote unquote foreigner characters and our familia yeah. characters, both about like kind of like how they deal with their emotions, but also their strength. Yeah, totally. Um, I feel like, yeah, again, just just isolation. There's there's so much going on where pretty much every character ends up on their own. Even earlier for me, there was something between the Carmela Furio thing where Furio is 
left very much alone at the end of the episode when we see him sitting on his own in his house mm. listening to his weird music that Ma- making like some kind of yummy pasta well that's an interesting way the way that they compare that to tony too they're editing mm-hmm. and that's actually the moment that i was talking about at the beginning of this podcast episode with all these characters but there's edits between tony and furio mm-hmm. furio preparing his pasta and oil he's kind of simmering the oil the oleo the oil probably for like an aglio olio kind of thing compared to tony who has been left a pasta dish in an oven ready <laughs> pot that he's putting in the microwave Furio drinking wine, editing to Tony drinking milk. milk. Yeah. And then editing, interestingly, from there to Polly with the picture. Right. So there is something about the isolation that goes beyond those two. Yep. Even though there's a direct link between Furio and Tony. Yep. Through their relationship with Carmela, the isolation goes further than that. There was an interesting one also to kind of bookend it near the beginning of the episode between Carmela and Furio for Carmela shot just after she gets the gifts and she's going through and she gets the one for AJ and the one for Mido. Meadow. <laughs> Mido. But then she's shot in a distant fashion through the house with the Roman arches on both sides of her mm. with her short hair mm. that she's presumably done for Furio isolated. Mm. And that's actually something that we've talked about. Now we're going back to, I don't know, maybe season even commendatory. One, yeah. I think. Anyway, but going back yeah. season one, season two. Yeah. But... The Roman architecture I within know. the Soprano home, the yeah. connection there to Italy and Furio, but also her isolation amongst this kind of like classic mm-hmm. pillar like mm-hmm. forms where she's just in the middle of it. Yeah. And she's in the middle of the shot and she has nothing around her and she doesn't have what she wants and she's left kind of pining for those things. Yeah. We also, I mean, we also have this scene with. Silvio, Patsy, and I think Al Barisi. Okay. When they're at Vesuvio's. Right. And there's that mural in the background. We have right. a focus on the mural there, yeah. which is like this Italian Roman yeah. kind of scene. Right. Um, and they tie us back into, I mean, all those characters kind of deal with that differently. They tie us back into the last episode where they say, if Tony did do this. Yeah. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Whoever and so. Did this. Um, so the capos in this episode are really questioning Tony. Again, it kind of ties over this ambiguity from last episode, but it's placed, it's placed in this space that's unique to this episode. Yeah, totally. What else? I don't, what do you think about, like, I want to talk more about Polly and the painting. Yeah. And what that means to Polly. We talked a little bit about it, but I... The connection to Napoleon and Tony, mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, what's there? What's with that? Was Napoleon a strong, silent type? I was, like, kind of mm. running through all these questions yeah. in my head. That's a good question. You know, was Napoleon not a strong, silent type? He was really short. <laughs> Does that mean he wasn't strong? He was clearly pretty strong because he was <laughs> a general. I don't know. Anyways, I'm just like, yeah. there's something... Like, that's what Polly wants. That's... And that's what we're left with musically, this snare like, drum march. Yeah. You know, this military, like... Yeah. He's, it's... A, he's a French general. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't and yet, know. And Polly's decision-making process on the whole thing is... Well, he felt like Tony was kind of watching him, I think. Yeah. That was the problem, right? Like, it looked too much like Tony. So he tries to make it a kind of more, like, classic portrait. Yeah. In a weird way, but... 
Anyways, yeah. there's something. You know what? Email us your thoughts. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, please do. And like, and then also Polly's relationship to Piomai. Yeah. Or at least to this painting of Piomai. Right. Because Polly's one of the more isolated characters too. Totally. You know, he he isn't married. And there's lots of references to that in the past couple episodes and this episode, right? Yeah. Like that, like he does. They're like they say things like he doesn't have kids, so he has his mom. That was last episode. Yeah. Um. You know, like, oh, he doesn't get it with Ralphie's son being, you know. So he's super, super isolated and alone. And so then him caring so much about this painting to put it on his wall and then get it retouched or re-whatever so that it looks like Napoleon instead of, like, Tony. Yeah. And putting it up there. It's very, I don't know. There was a weird taste thing going on, though, too. Like, he wanted it in his home because I think he thinks it's valuable. Well, it looks rich or something. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. The other stuff, I mean, I just have like little, I mean, just again, regarding Polly, if Mm -hmm. we're on a Polly topic. Yeah. The fact that he covers his furniture in plastic. Mm. I, again, like he's this old dude. He's this old man. I don't know what else to say about (laughs) it. That's about it. He covers his furniture with plastic. Um, The only other thing I really had to talk about was, I guess, like that, again, and it, ties back into isolation Mm -hmm. but that scene with christopher and adriana where he beats her yeah is one of our more awful scenes i think i mean i always say that but like the fact that he she like reaches out to try to help Mm -hmm. him right like sees this pain in him and sees this problem she he had just killed her dog right like i'd be like i'm out like right you do you yeah you know don't let it impact me anymore but she's in there like she's staying and she's she's trying to get this support for him right because she really does and she says it in her letter later on like yeah she wants to have this life together with him but that's all she wants yeah that's all she wants and in this scene she like goes to him and says like i think you should give it a try like get some help or whatever and he beats her so grossly and then takes her money and leaves. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. And then the next time we see her is at Tony and Carmela's. But yeah. it's just, yeah, I mean, no, you know, again, like no spoilers about the arcs of these characters, but it's, they, it amazes me that we're kind of still there with them in this, in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. And also how far they have to go from yeah. here and where they go from here. Yeah. But this is a pretty, and what this it means is a pretty that Adriana point. hasn't left him. Yeah. 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 And we know she's, I mean, she's grappling with a lot. So is yeah. Christopher. Like, you know, there's, I again, no judgment on Christopher, but they're both grappling with a lot of really complex things in isolation. Neither yeah. of them can really tell each other what they really have going on. Can you think of any characters who have somebody to talk to or rely on in this episode? No, and that's we've and we've talked about this before with like Danielle, right? Like that right. was like Adriana. She really felt like she had this one person. Yeah, and, and it was a lie. It was a lie. It was worse than a lie. Tony, it was weaponized against her. Yeah, I mean, totally weaponized against her. Tony, like I guess has Melfi. Yeah. But he's but even telling her this story about him being this sad clown, and yeah. it's like, dude. I've seen you be angry. Yeah. You know, and grief stricken and whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just, 
I'm glad you could see yourself like that, but yeah. no. It's not true. You know, it's just not true. It's, it's not useful. Yeah. The only other thing I have is like people using, I don't even, I don't know if this is just like writing or characters are just awkward, but like we have Furio saying to AJ, how is it going, man? <laughs> and then we have the guy at the, um, the Eleutheria house. Mm-hmm calling Christopher dude. Right. I just feel like it's really weird with these characters. It's probably intentional. And they're like, cool, dude, or something. Like, <laughs> you can't have chocolate in here, dude. Or whatever. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, it's, very, again, very American. And Furio's right. kind of emulating this kind of speech. Right. right. Like, yeah. how's it going, man? Right. <laughs> because Furio and AJ are such great friends. They're super tight. So tight. And the last thing I wrote on my notes today was drums. So drums. Drums. Mm-hmm. I have two very small things from. Oh, I have one more thing. Oh, what is it? Let's do it. Um, why do you think Furio gave Meadow the Divine Comedy? It's interesting. It's almost. It's kind of a thoughtful present, actually. Mm. I mean, based on her, her interests in literature and what she's been studying. I mean, of all the things he could have brought back from Italy. It probably is rather thoughtful in terms of who she is and what she cares about and what she might appreciate. Yeah, I feel like there's something deeper there, but I don't know the probably. divine comedy well enough to... Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Um, no, that's good. You had something you were going to talk about. Just really small things. I mean, near the beginning of the episode, a lot of people watching TV, there's that bear thing I kind of saw as Bigfoot somebody being trapped by the little rascals. Also, Adriana watching television at the beginning, which harkens back to watching too much television the episode in this season. What was she watching in the beginning? There's like a guy with a switchblade that pulls and then almost like old Batman music. Uh, When she comes back to the house and Christopher's still there watching. I can't remember exactly. I think it's Adriana watching it. Anyway. Okay. Well, there's a a lot of television happening. There there is. There's a lot of movies that are being shown. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And it's interesting. And I think it also goes to this kind of isolation topic. That's all people are investing in and that's all that they have. And it's not interpersonal. It's somebody in a television and they're getting values from it and they're, they're not getting anything deeper. They're not having a human response. Yeah. And that's the thing like about being a strong and silent type that I find it's very like, I don't know the right word that I'm looking for. Uh, sterile, mm. maybe. Like, I I don't really like to be friends with people who are strong and silent types. Like, in order to be that kind of person, you you are isolating yourself from people, right? And you are hiding your true feelings, and you are closing your mouth and and silencing your voice when maybe you should say something or stand up for someone. Right. You know, I think like to when like Tony, when he first sees Adriana with her black eye, he says like, what did you do? Mm. You know, like if I wish there was someone there who could stand up for Adriana. Yeah. In that. But nobody really was not, not Carmela either, you know? So it makes me sad. This like value placed on people being the strong and silent type. Cause I think it's like, one of the least human things you can be. Yeah. 
Totally. And that's the thing about our characters here is like they're isolated and they're putting themselves into these positions where they're not able to have like true human reactions. Like Tony not being able to feel grief yeah. about pussy dying, his mom dying, whatever, Ralph right? Dying. All the people he's killed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Even like his system of dealing with these things, we see near the beginning of the episode him giving money to Ronnie, Ralph's ex-wife, which continues this long trend of him dealing through these issues that he's created and making himself feel better by just giving people money. Think about yeah. like Beansy or all sorts of other people. There's yeah. kind of countless examples. And for him, that kind of is a moral ability to kind of feel better. Yep. It's kind of a write-off. Yep. So he's kind of buying his way out, which is not actually doing anything. I mean, he's not he's not paying the price for his actions, mm. and he's not reflecting on them, and he's not changing. One of the only other things I have is <laughs> when Tony is in Melfi's session, he blows his nose into a... Um, what are they called? A handkerchief? Mm-hmm. Which is, like, the one that he lent to Ralphie in the last episode oh. when Ralphie came to him and, like, Tony offered him his handkerchief. Oh, interesting. And Ralphie blew his nose, like, really aggressively into it. And this episode, Tony blows his nose very aggressively into oh, it. Oh, I missed that. Handkerchief. Good I know. job. So, so important. Wow. I think that solves everything. But Ralphie was kind of an emotion. Ralphie was not a strong, silent type. No. You know? Um, so there is this like level of expression. Anyways. Yeah. Feeling your feelings. Yeah. It's a good thing to do. It's good. Yeah. Feelings. Feelings. They're good. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks. We are closing up, uh, season four. Yeah. That's so, right. So three more episodes to go. Yeah. And we hope you'll keep listening. We hope you do listen. Yeah. And we'll be back next time. Bye. To move on to episode 11. Oh, sorry. Bye.